DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Steve Cleveland. He's our basketball insider. And he joins us on the Mountainland, the courtesy of Mountainland Supply every week right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Steve. You're welcome. <laughs> Steve, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, We've had uh, a lot of colder weather for Central California, a lot of rain, but uh, it's all good. Excellent. The uh, Utah Jazz have a lot of guys going into health and safety protocol. They were the last team to put a guy in, but Joe Ingles went in, and then Rudy Gobert went in a couple days later. And now we got word on uh, Sunday that Rudy Gay and Elijah Hughes are going in as well. The Jazz are down a starter and two subs who play a pretty good chunk of time themselves. So how much should Jazz fans be sweating the results now, and how much do you just have to get through the next, I don't know, week or two, whatever it turns out to be? You know, I, I mean, it, it's an unfortunate circumstance. The Jazz should feel very blessed that uh, they haven't had to deal with what a lot of the teams in the, in the league have. I think the Jazz, just, I mean, they're kind of the last bastion of people, you know, programs to actually get, get hard, hit pretty hard. But, I mean, it's, that's what's happening throughout the league. What's been amazing to me, and a lot of, as I've watched games and little bits and pieces of games, is how many really good players there are in the NBA. <laughs> Guys I've never heard of, you know, dropping 25 or dropping 27, and they're you know they're they're playing six or seven minutes a game. So uh, it, it does say something about the depth and the talent, especially some of the young talent in the league that. Uh, you know, it's all of a sudden you think it's going to be a blowout and two or three people that we had never heard of, you know, score 15, 18, 20 points. There's a lot of good players in the league, and not all of them are playing just because of the depth and the talent of this league. So that has been something that's been a little bit surprising uh, in that other people have had a chance to step up. And, you know, you do that, your team gets better. You, you can't afford losses, a lot of losses, but uh, that's that's the way it is. So... Uh, I, I don't think the Jazz. I mean, obviously, anytime you're missing a, people who are getting significant minutes, it's gonna you're gonna have to make adjustments. But I think for the Jazz, most of their leading scorers, guys that uh, have been carrying that team, are still playing. Yeah, and and you look at it, and my my thought is maybe it'll change going forward. Uh, because if guys are out and a bunch of teams have you know key players out, four and five guys, it's going to be hard for them to win. We saw it the other night in Toronto. The Jazz, by their own uh, doing, you know, sat basically everyone, and so the young guys yep. had a nice first half, and then Van Fleet did what he did in the second half, so they ended up losing the game. So I'm thinking that you know maybe it waters down the regular season, but to date though. If I make that argument, I don't know that I have the standings to back me up because it looks like the best teams in the West, particularly in sticking with the West, they're where they're supposed to be. One, two, three with the Jazz and the Grizzlies got a lot of young talent there. Uh, obviously, Morant and that Bain kid that the, they got at the end of the first round is looking like a steal big time. So when I look at the standings, they basically reflect... 
what's happened? You know, you have some injuries involved with the Lakers and Clippers for sure. Uh, and but you're, every season there's injuries. You can't predict them and you can't count on them, but they always happen. So as I look at the standings, though. It's not really COVID related to the standings because they're trying to they're basically true to the talent that's been available. It's true, and I and I think for, for instance, you look you're looking at Golden State and Phoenix and Utah. I mean, yes, uh, Booker was out for a few games, but they've never really been hit hard. And these are teams that all that have depth as well. You know, I mean, these are you know you take Golden State. I'm going to talk about Memphis in a minute, but Golden State and Phoenix and Utah have all had protocol. Safety, uh, health and protocol issues, but not to the magnitude where three of their leading scorers were out at the same time. You know, it's, it's usually one or two guys, and somebody else picks up. And, and and consequently, you're right. I mean, the teams we thought would be really good, though, I think Golden State has has surprised some people. I, I don't think we felt maybe going into the year that Golden State would be 30 and nine, but you know, it's also you know Jordan Poole and Otto Potter. Uh, uh, you know, Port Porter plays playing well, and Wiggins has become an all-star. I mean, it's been it's been a crazy what Golden State's done. So uh, I didn't expect Golden State to have to jump out like this. Phoenix and Utah, I think we all kind of expected it. I, I actually went and saw Memphis play last week uh, uh, against the Clippers, and uh, and I've been watching them and following them. And, and you you mentioned it already, Pat. I mean, Bain has been he he's incredible. I mean, he has got a motor. He's got a stroke. I mean, he he, he and and Jaron Jackson. They, and, and they're they're missing a couple of guys right now too with uh, Brooks. with Dylan Brooks being out and Stephen Adams is being out. But uh, I mean, I know Clippers didn't really have you know you don't have Paul you don't have Kawhi playing. But I'm telling you, I've watched them in other games, and Memphis is really, really, really good. I mean, they are fun to watch. I took my grandkids, and, and the, uh, the irony is we went to see Memphis to see John Morant, and, and, he, and he didn't play. Right. You know, he sat on the bench and walked around. But uh, that was disappointing. But, yeah, that is a team that is going to have to seriously be reckoned with because they really, really guard, and they're tough tough-minded guys, and, and Bain is the perfect example of that. So that is really kind of a surprise, kind of a surprise team for the NBA. I mean, we all knew that John Morant had it, but we didn't look at them as being elite three or four teams in the NBA West, and I, they're not going anywhere. They, they just play so hard and compete, and a fun, fun, fun team to watch play. You mentioned the Warriors, and Clay Thompson is back. He's driving into traffic and throwing down a dunk with guys all around him. He's not worried about how he's landing, if he's going to get bumped, if he's going to... Boy, there was no fear whatsoever. And I'm curious if you can think of anyone who has been out for two and a half years straight. You know, Bernard King was out a long time ago for a full year, and his comeback was treated like the biggest thing ever. But that was one year, not two and a half years. And Grant Hill missed a lot of time, but he played 47 games over four years, so obviously he missed a lot of time, but he did play some. Bill Walton, I I can't think of a parallel for a guy who was completely shut down for two and a half seasons. No, you know, know, the thing is, when I was – when they were going through all that, and I, and I watched a bit of that game last night, and I, I just thought the mental part and the emotional part of doing that. I mean, yes, there was all of the physical that had to be dealt with, and all of the the, the physical therapy and all the, the magnitude of all the things that had to be done with doctors. But I mean, I'm telling you, right, just the emotional well-being and the mental health 
uh, of, of going through that. And it's something that you have such passion for. And, and in your mind, you're thinking, because it, think our minds do things to us. And just the idea that you might get hurt again. And j- j- he seemed to play, you know, pretty free and with reckless abandon. And, 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 and mind you, you know, two and a half years, he's, he's been working and everything that I've heard that's been reported is that, you know, he's done everything he can possibly do. But I, I don't think we can underestimate the mental and emotional part of coming back and how hard that had to be. I mean, especially when someone that's been at the top of the mountain has won championships, and uh, I, I just thought in my in my in his gut, you know, it's kind of like you, you thought you're going to come up, you know, I just got to be positive, I got to play my game, I got to do what I, I got to be smart and not get in positions where I could hurt myself. Uh, he probably had to have a lot of counseling and a lot of friends talking through this thing because maybe the more difficult part would be the mental and the emotional part and not the physical. The body healed. Got it where it needs to be, uh, but the the journey that he had mentally and emotionally, I can't even imagine. Do you install them as the favorites then, or you still want to see? Uh, you know, I, I I still want to see. I mean, I I think that he, he's certainly going to have an impact. The thing is, <clears throat> it it's kind of like, all right, Jordan Poole, who's been playing really good, and I, I don't know what his average is. Right? He used to go for about fifteen, sixteen a night. You got Wiggins who's playing, and you know, and so they're going to have to figure out how to play those people because the, the moment Clay Thompson comes on the floor, Jordan Poole takes a different role, and he's been playing really well, and 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 maybe Porter plays a different role as well. So yeah, I, I think the pieces are there. Do I think I think they've got a great coaching staff? They I mean, Draymond Green's like a coach on the floor. You got you know the best three point shooter ever, and who's also plays with a very high IQ. I mean, it's not a stretch to say, hey. You can see Golden State winning it, but I don't think it happens that easy. It's going to take Clay Thompson time, and they're going to have to figure out how to play together because you had some guys playing that have had been significant contributors, but all of a sudden their minutes are going to be down because Clay's probably going to take some of those minutes. And so there are some adjustments. I don't think it's just a smooth transition. It'll it'll take uh, two or three weeks before they figure out where they're going. But Phoenix and Utah and Memphis in, in, in that in that division are all capable of beating Golden State even with Clay Thompson. I mean, they're, if everybody stays healthy, uh, I, I, you know, I do think it's going to be those four teams. Uh, I don't think anybody else, Dallas, Denver, the Lakers, are just they're, they're, they're nowhere close. Uh, you know, if the Clippers got back Paul and Kawhi and they were healthy in March, uh, that, then they, they would jump into that. But right now, I don't see anybody that's close to those four teams. And I would have never thought I would say that about Memphis. But I, I've just I've kind of become a fan of watching them and and, and watching John Morant. But I, man, they're, they're, they have a lot of substance. It's not just the John Morant show. It, it is they defend and can shoot it, and they share the ball just like Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah do. So those those four teams uh, out of that four, you're going to have an NBA West champion. I don't think anybody's going to sneak up on them. Despite the fact, PK, sure, I kiss up to as many local teams as possible to get the ratings as high as possible on talking sports, which may or may not be true. I'll take the fifth on that. Uh, <laughs> I started the season thinking Barcelo was the best player in the state and BYU was an NCAA tournament team. And PK has definitely talked me into Justin Bean is the best player in the state. But I think BYU, with the two injuries to the big guys, is vulnerable defensively against better teams, maybe even against mediocre teams if, they're, you know, if they have the right 
uh, talent, the right players to attack them. And scoring has become such a struggle for anyone other than Barcelo on a given night, maybe Troy or maybe Nell. But scoring for the team has been an issue. I'm thinking they're going to miss the NCAA tournament. What do you think? I think it's too early to say that. Uh, I, 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 do, I, do, I do agree with you that it, scoring is a struggle. Now, you know, when you're watching St. Mary's, who makes the game really ugly and makes it very difficult. And, but, I, but, I, I, but I agree with you that, you know, Nell and Spencer Johnson and, you know, are both guys that on any given night can shoot the three well. Luke, Lucas is more of a scorer than he is a shooter, but the, he, he actually brings something there that they, that they really need. And you know Borcello's going to get the attention of everybody. And, and so I would say, you know, they're going to go play Gonzaga, and then they're going to go play USF. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough to beat Gonzaga at home. I mean, it's been done before. I'm not sure this team has the ability to do that. You never know. The, the big game for them this week is USF, and who's, who's gotten off to a really good, Good year, I think they're fourteen and two, or, or yeah, I think they're fourteen and two, and, and so really, there. I, I don't think St. Mary's is, is going to be in the top three personally. I mean, they may end up there, but I think San Francisco's a better team. You know, I wa- I watched that game, and, and I, I I just <laughs> I was so surprised that how long it took both teams to kind of figure things out, and and, and mind you. When you play St. Mary's, they grind it. They defend the three as good as anybody. I mean, they just lock you in. That's what they're good at. And they make the game really ugly. And, and Randy Bennett is a, a great coach. He's had great success. But I, I don't think they have the playmakers and the people that can make baskets when teams play also play solid defense. And BYU is really solid defensively. <clears throat> you know, one of the things I sat there and I – when I coached, and we all went through times where you go three or four or five minutes. I, I was a little surprised to watch St. Mary's go 10 minutes and not make any real significant adjustments. I mean, throughout the year, you have quick hitters, you have ISOs, you have things in your pocket that you use. And you save a lot of those for conference play. But it, it was like they just continued to do the same thing. And, and, and college basketball today is about handoffs. It's about uh, it's about ball screens and slips. It's uh, you know, back cuts. I mean, you watch college basketball, and probably seventy five percent of them are all playing the same way. And and that's fine because there there are some real positives to that. And when you have guys that can bounce it and penetrate and get where they need to get, you, you score. But it, it, I was just surprised that the adjustments offensively were just not there. It was like a timeout. You know, let's, let's run a couple of quick hitters. Let's isolate somebody. Let's get something done where we, you know, overload the side of the floor. And it just never happened. And, I mean, I, I, I've been in games, trust me, where I coached and we couldn't score for five or six minutes. But I was just surprised that there were no real adjustments there. And we're talking about Randy Bennett, I consider one of the best college basketball coaches in the country. He, he, his record speaks for itself and how they play. They make the game pretty ugly and difficult to play. They're tough-minded. But to go 10 and 12 minutes in this day and age, that just seemed really hard for me to believe that there isn't something that you do. I mean, most coaches will have, you know, quick hitters and isos out of timeouts, dead balls, uh, where, you know, you can, you can do something, get to the free throw line. That's the whole thing. Get to the free throw line. Quit shooting threes. 
get to the free throw line. But I, I, I mean, I watch that game. I've been in grind out games like that. Mark Pope, I know his comments uh, uh, after the game and before the game were it's really hard to play against these guys. They just really muddy the game up. But I, I just thought I would see more adjustments. Ten and twelve minute time periods of not scoring. Uh, that that's hard to watch. <laughs> hard to watch. And it's, I know it's all about who has one more point than the other team. But uh, well, we shall see. I, I think BYU going back to uh, to them and the, the NC two A tournament. I think they have the pedigree right now. I think it, I think the the experts have them in the tournament and. Uh, but they're not they're not going to be able to have slip ups. I mean, they they can't lose the teams that that they're not supposed to lose to. And going on the road in the WCC for BYU and for everybody sometimes can be a little bit of a challenge. And so it, it'll be interesting. I, I do believe if they can finish second in this conference, even finish third, that there's going to be at least three teams go. But whether there's going to be four teams, I don't know. But San Francisco has put themselves in a position right now. If San Francisco beats BYU at home, then, you know, you're, you're, you're in a situation where you've got to beat them at home. And so uh, I think they're still in. I, I, I like where they're at in terms of the, uh, their body of work, but they, they can't have two or three losses to teams they shouldn't have to and, and then get into the tournament. So that, that staff seems to really prepare well defensively. I don't see that happening, but this is a tough week for BYU. I mean, they go to Zags, go to San Francisco. We're going to find out uh, how they respond to that, and I, I would imagine that obviously they'll be prepared, but those will be two tough tasks. Steve Cleveland, he's our basketball insider, brought to you by Mountainland Supply every week here on The Zone. Steve, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, you guys. Take care. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt right now from Wasatch Medical. He's got a breakthrough treatment for ED that does not involve pills, injections, or side effects. Andrew, welcome to the show. Tell us all about it. Well, that's right. We call it breakthrough because it's not a pill, which is the only thing that essentially has existed, or at least the most common thing, for 30 years Uh, I am yet to meet a man that enjoys getting a prescription, going to the pharmacy, taking a pill, playing this big timing game uh, for his love life. We now, as far as I know, it's the only thing. It's called acoustic wave therapy that treats the root cause problem of ED. The pressure waves repair and open up the blood vessels and improve circulation enough we can get rid of the ED. Or if you're out there listening, maybe younger and you just want more blood flow, we do a lot of that as well here at Wasatch Medical. You have a lot of uh, research now piling up, and you have it, but you didn't do it. Yeah, that's right. This is third-party clinical research. Uh, A lot of universities and hospitals, essentially, um, some urology journals have basically tested our technology on men with varying degrees of ED, and then, of course, reported uh, the results. It's safe. It's effective. It treats the root cause. The Cleveland Clinic said this creates a clinical increase in blood flow. Uh, that is so great, and the science certainly is sound. And now you got a special offer. Save, a people, save people a few bucks if they're on the fence about whether to uh, call or not. Now's the time to call. Now's the time, guys. ED doesn't resolve its own, on its own, unfortunately. Call us now. The exam, assessment, and blood flow ultrasound 
that's free. The gift that produces immediate results, I think you'll love that. Uh, and this is pretty cool. Blood work and testosterone, if you're interested in that, that's free today as well. Call right now, 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Call Andrew right now, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you.